Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is the last half of the interview by Danny Black and John Newman from Card Menches. It's already appeared on their channel, and I told him I was going to wait and release it on the day before the day after the actual anniversary of the sale. I don't have any bittersweet feelings. I think it was the right decision at the time. Could have been a slightly different timing, but a lot of things worked out, and they delved into that, and I appreciated their good questions. So thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huntington Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I hope you enjoy it. It's fun for me to walk down memory lane. It's been 18 years. It's uh, ancient history at this point for many of you. For me, it seems like it wasn't that long ago. So thanks, Danny. Thanks, John. And thanks, listeners. Here it is. And going back to 2008 again, like you said, you pretty much knew you weren't going to come back. But had you wanted to, uh, hypothetically, if you said, you know what, I missed it. It's been three, four years. Let's say you wanted to buy your company back. Being the originator, would you think that would have given you any kind of advantage? I could have been part of a team. I could have been a consultant to the new owners. I didn't really know the new owners, and they got it at a lower point. But it needed fixing. And frankly, guys, remember, the economy was messed up then. The economy needed fixing. Things were bad. The hobby wasn't doing great. So for me to jump back in there, I was moving toward greater simplification of my life. That would be diametrically opposed to that because I cared and I cared too much. So once I got in there and if I invested, take the money that I got, put it back in, I could have done that, but I wanted to shoot that down so that people didn't have false hope. And yet I wanted to tell them, hey, if you got a problem, I'll help you think through it. And I give you free advice and I'll come down there every once in a while, but I don't want to be on the hot seat anymore. I always wondered, do you have days where you're like, I cannot believe my name is on that comment or that statement? Even to this day, do they do things and you wish your name wasn't tied to it? I'm not scanning all their statements to see if they've misstated something, but I really had a strong desire to be a market leader, to be a thought leader for our industry. Over the last 18 years, I think our company's lost some of that. We weren't hitting on all cylinders. Now, I'm hopeful there's a new leadership now and that it's going to get back on track. So that's my frustration, Danny. I see that it's not what it could be or even what it was. And I'm hoping now it's going to be even better than any company. When you're having a mixed market like we've had, it's hard for the owner, for the manager, for the money person to think, I need to double down. I need to reinvest in the category because it's getting ready to take off. Sometimes ownership is more conservative. Now we're making good money. Let's just keep it coming instead of reinvesting in the category. That's something I did because I was 100% owner. If the company needed money, I could just put money in. If we said, that's not in our budget. It's <laughs> not about the budget if this is something that's good for the hobby and is eventually going to be good for everybody. So we did a bunch of new things, not in the budget, because I thought this is a great idea. The budget calls for it next year. I said, wait a minute, the window's wide open right now. Let's do it. So we did it and capitalized on that. Not that I'm a big wildcat or anything, because I'm a pretty reasoned guy, but I think it got more corporate with budgets for some of those years, and they were managing it like an established company. And I always wanted us to think small and very entrepreneurial and disruptive. 
to do things that hadn't been done. I don't want to be a follower. I wanted to be a leader. And now BGS, that was a real leader, I don't know we ever had more cards being graded than PSA. And now we're just not considered right up there with PSA. And that makes me sad. And I'm hopeful. I've thrown some ideas to Jeremy and the other guys of here's some ideas I have for how we could recapture in a lot of these areas. I'm an idea guy. The prize media purchases your company. What was your role in the three or four years with them after that sale? Were you still involved? Did they ask you for some help or for some consultation? They didn't, but Peter did, the new CEO, but he had to be sly about it. It couldn't look like I was the shadow CEO. He would come up to my, I still officed in the building for the first couple of years and I was getting paid. I had a non-compete where I was there and I was getting paid, not full salary. I wasn't going to compete anyway. So Peter would come up to my office after hours when nobody was looking. He wasn't going to bring me in on some meetings. He was the boss. And I respected that. I wasn't going to trot down to his office and say, hey, I got a problem with this. No, he needed to run the company. He did a really good job. The people liked him. In no way was I going to undermine him. But every once in a while, he'd just ask me some, hey, why is this happening? Or I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? But he didn't want people to see that he was not the authority. It would have undermined his authority. He was highly regarded and it wasn't his fault. I think his bosses that had the money did not see the long-term vision. How about with the next sale? Did it change then even more so for I think you? it changed more, yeah, because that was a different kind of ownership. They're very acquisitive. They had a lot of companies and loved transactions, loved, and then would bring in management that didn't necessarily have a hobby background, outside management. That was almost always a promote from within guy. I just thought if I can find somebody that really understands, if something they don't know, you could train them, but you already know it's a good person, they're sharp, and they know the people. Did you look at yourself as a technology company, a grading company? We never looked at ourselves as a grading company, but as an innovative company. And grading was one of those innovations. Some of these other sports biographies that we did were very interesting, and nobody thought we could do that. We had online auctions before eBay. I was the holdup. I didn't say, hey, we're going to bet the farm. eBay just doubled down on that. The auctions had were specialty, and then we did our marketplace. So we were ahead of our time, but I never fully promoted it to be all in, to where I would take the profits from the print and pour it over into this other thing that was not making money yet, but would have done great, perhaps. How many hours a day were you involved with the company at your peak, right up until the sale? No, before my heart attack, I had lots of weeks. I worked 100 hours. That just was ridiculous. When I was on deadline, when I was doing books and magazines, and I was the one doing it. That's why I had a heart attack. (laughs) A big reason. So after my heart attack, I probably got to work 50 hours a week, probably. And I hated it because I like to work a lot. I like to work hard. But again, if I'd worked more, it would have been undermining the leadership who were in charge of those things, just like the price guide guys. If I looked over their shoulder, that would not have been helpful because after I withdrew and kicked myself upstairs, those guys were really sharp. So for me to be sharpshooting them and say, hey, what about that? Did you do the research on that or something? That would have been not helpful. It would have been hurtful. 
first day after the sale was transacted, what was that like waking up that day and the difference? Now it's not your company. I did wake up and I went to the office. I was getting paid in my non-compete and I wasn't necessarily getting paid to show up, but I thought they're paying me. I should show up. And I'm available that first day, first week, first month, whatever people were coming in and wanting to check in on me. So I had my same big office in the corner. Everybody knew where I was. We had a reasonably social company. We had a big lunchroom. We had a basketball court. And so people congregated around other things. I was there, but I tried to make sure everybody knew I'm not the owner anymore and I'm not the boss anymore. But I want to be helpful to my friends. And after almost two years, we were in the same building. And then the building got sold and they moved to the other office. And I made the decision, even though they said, you want to get an office in our new place? I said, no, it's time. So a buddy and me, we got an office suite with some other guys. So we had our own office. And my secretary, Carol, went with us. I created a boardroom and some offices and had a nice office. Then 10 years ago, I moved home and I had my man cave here. So pretty retired. Would you have done anything differently on the timeline of the sale or how you prioritized the parts of the sale? No, I think the main thing I would have done is in the 11th hour, when they tried to lower the price, I said, if you lower the price 10%, that's fine with me. I'll just keep 10% of the company. If you lower the price 20%, that's fine with me. I'll just keep 20% of the company. They said, wait a minute, that's not going to work. We want to pay you less. I said, yeah, you pay less, you're going to get less. And so they didn't want to go that way. But now looking back, if I'd kept some interest in it or kept some royalty interest in the fact that they were using my name for these other things. But again, like I said, I had absolutely a top-notch advisor in the sale. This guy's just brilliant. One of my close friends. I totally trust him. And he said, don't mess it up. It's going to make you look bad. He said, hey, I'm going to sell the company, but I want to keep the rights to my name. And every time you use my name, you got to give me a nickel. <laughs> it, just, it didn't sound right. And guys, I would not be a mensch if I did that. Can you imagine how Peter was behind the scenes picking your brain? Or, Very or... rarely, John. I don't want to overrepresent oh. that. But I saw him socially. We were in yeah. some of the same business organizations. And so I would see him and we'd talk about stuff. And I'd just say, if there's any way I can help, I'm happy to. But I never went to his office and shut the door and said, yeah. what are you doing? Never did that. He was a class guy. Did you see a lot of your former employees and friends and teammates? Yeah, we were playing sports. Fans? We were playing basketball. Yeah. Did you get a lot of, I'm sure you did, we miss yous or were they concerned with new leadership or where the company was going after the sale? I would have nipped that in the bud. I don't even think that really happened. That's just not good. This was the new reality. And the yeah. best way they could honor me would be to work hard for the new entity. That's the brand. Like I say, guys, I could have died in 96. And then there would have been new leadership, a new CEO, and a new ownership structure. That was weird. After I came back to work, after being out for my heart attack, now that was surreal. I think I took a month off. I was in the hospital for a week. And so you have a lot of atrophy of just not moving. I didn't lose weight because I weighed the same as I weigh now when I had a heart attack. So I wasn't overweight. But you spend a week in the hospital. Hospital's not a good place to stay. It's not like a hotel. Not healthy. Again, I had three presidents. So they just did what they did. And they were really sharp. 
How difficult was it knowing you had to cut back your schedule stress and for your health wise and longevity wise to do where, I, but now I have to do less. No, I don't have to. I didn't feel compelled to do that. I thought it's the right thing to do. So I go on the treadmill every day now. So that's maybe an hour when you add it all up with the treadmill and stretching. I probably spent an hour a day that before my heart attack, it would have been working for that hour. I wouldn't have wanted to lose the hour. So I talk about sharpening the saw. So I sleep an extra hour. I made choices, John. People need to make choices. This is going to be my new reality. If the doctor made me do it, then it's not me doing it. It's forcing me to do it. I saw the wisdom in what I was doing was not good for me. And what I was moving toward was greater health. And that's emotional health, physical health, psychological health, getting more sleep, exercising more aerobically. I was playing basketball, but I could have been Pete Maravich in the part where he yeah. died on the court. I was about to say that was very humble not, on your ball. Yeah, <laughs> leading the nation in scoring. Over the last few years, especially since I've been doing the podcast, I've had, I think, some fabulous ideas. And a lot of them I put on the podcast. But my best yeah. ideas, I have not put on the podcast. I go to Jeremy or Bill or one of the hobby leadership guys at the company. And my other friends, my confidants say, you should just do that yourself. You don't have any statute of limitations. You could just do it. I said, no, this is something my old company ought to do. I'd really like to see them do it. And I give them the structure of how it would work. And they go, oh, that's terrific. Ah, oh, we love that idea. But then they don't do it necessarily. <laughs> On the other hand, it's the kind of idea that if I were doing it and proving the concept, then they would want to buy it from me. But still, I want them to do it. And if they don't do it, I'm not going to sell it to the highest bidder because I think I've had some fabulous ideas. And they're taking them under advisement, and that's their prerogative because they'll have to invest their money in it. Although if they said, would you be willing to invest your money in this? I'd say, yeah. Get so it. you're coming back, Dr. Jim. Yeah, I'm coming that, back as a consultant. Uh, <laughs> wow. This is how rumors get started. Okay. I just, I got the scene from Godfather. So you're Green saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> just when I thought I was out, I pulled me. I see that Pacino scene in Godfather 3.